What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Flyers High and Wide. I'm your host, Angry Jim. I'm here with my co-host, Flyers Yak. And tonight, we have a special guest for you guys from the Daily Puck, Alex McIntyre. Alex, how are you tonight? Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. It's a real, uh, real pleasure. Jack, what's going on with you, man? Uh, you know, same, same shit, different day. Um, I think the Flyers are already losing, but let's focus on the positive. Uh, Alex, very happy to have you. Oh, thank you. So, the Flyers, we, um, all year long they've been in some turmoil. It's been very easy to be angry or negative. It's not a plug. Um, but they're currently on an eight-game winning streak. They've won nine out of ten. Carter Hart is playing out of his mind. Some questions coming up about Carter Hart lately. Is he realistically in the running for the Calder Trophy? I'll give that question to Alex first. Honestly, I do think so. Uh, I think his biggest competition is Elias Pettersson from the Canucks. Um, Pedersen's having a really great season. He's having a killer rookie season. But Hart has really turned this Flyers team around. He has come in and changed everyone's energy, the whole momentum of the game, of the team. And I just feel like everyone is kind of rallying around him. So I'm going to say yes. I would absolutely put him in the running. A lot of people are also talking about Rasmus Dalit, the first overall from this year's draft. From Buffalo. Uh, he's also having a great season, but Hart has really been that game changer for this team. Absolutely agree. And, and Jack, what do you think? I think what she um, what she alluded to is right. It's uh, Unfortunately, it's Elias Pettersson's award to lose right now. Um, call, uh, I almost said Calder Hart. Carter Hart is putting on a hell of a show, and he for sure is going to come in at number two. Um, the only way I think he could win is if Elias Pettersson falls off a cliff. Uh, he has had some injury issues earlier in the season, but he was scoring at a ridiculous pace. So uh, it would be really tough for him to overcome that. However, uh, Elias Pettersson didn't score against Carter Hart, so there's that. That's very true, Jack. Nice point there. Um, so for Carter Hart, for me, like like Alex and, and Jack have said, He's, he's completely changed the mentality of this team, uh, whereas before un, under Hackstall and, and previous six or seven other goalies, um, they've kind of looked like they were afraid to lose or afraid to play uh, loose, if you will. They're playing now with confidence. They're, I don't know if you guys have noticed that you've seen a lot more smiles while they're playing. Um, it's easy to forget that it is a game. And, and you're supposed to have fun. And I think a guy like Carter Hart and that makes it easy to kind of relax and um, enjoy the game that you're playing. So um, I think what we're seeing in this eight game winning streak and, and nine out of 10 is a product of, of what Carter Hart brings to this team, not only as a goalie stopping shots and, and things like that, but he calms everybody without even having to, to say anything. So I think he's absolutely in the running. I know Elias uh, Pedersen has played extremely well for a rookie, um, but I'm not so sure that he's completely, completely carrying the team on his back. I think if the Flyers can can somehow make it into the playoffs, um, I think that'll be a huge plus for, for Carter Hart. What do you guys think? I absolutely agree with that. I think like Elias Pedersen, he's playing extremely well. 
I mean, no one saw this coming. He has 47 points in 43 games. He is really kind of upping the stakes. But the Canucks weren't an awful team last season. And, I mean, neither were the Flyers. But this season, they struggled. And the second Carter Hart came in, everything kind of flipped around. And I think that is really something to be looked at. And I 100% agree with you that if this team can find a way to make the playoffs, he should be really taken seriously for the Calder. I, I would just like to add that I have both Elias Pettersson and Carter Hart on my fantasy <laughs> hockey team. <laughs> and I'm not even a playoff team. So what does that tell you? Um, but yeah, so I, I definitely agree. The only thing is, uh, the only chance I think Carter Hart really has at winning this award, and it is a good point you bring up where he kind of turned, he carried the team. He is more of the MVP of his team than Elias Pettersson would be because there's other names out there like Bo uh, Horvat and Brock Bessier. Um, but it, hockey writers are the ones who vote on these awards, and they like good stories. Uh, and this would be a great story for Carter Hart. However, as we said in the past, he also wears the Flyers emblem on his jersey, uh-huh. which definitely doesn't help his chances. Think of Claude Giroux last year, not even, not even being a finalist for the MVP, for the Hart Trophy, excuse me. So I, I, would, I wouldn't call him a long shot, but I still think he it's – Pedersen's played the, almost the whole season compared to Hart have only playing half here. So it would take an awful lot for him to overcome. Very true, very true. So I agree. Um, Moving on a little bit, uh, during this eight-game win streak, uh, the seven out of nine streak, um, Hart has played extremely, extremely well, sometimes single-handedly winning this team games, keeping them in high-scoring games. Um, Do you guys think that he can continue this play uh, with the way the team's giving up some chances in front of him? Uh, I'll give that to Jack first. I, I think so. It's mainly because he, if you see, he's very poised. He's very calm. He's almost humble after every game. Um, and a lot of his play is he's not Dominic Hoshik out there where he's flopping around in the crease. Like he's, he's always in the right position. Excuse me. So as long as he doesn't forget his positions and his, and miscues on his angles, I don't see why not. Um, unless the defense falls apart and it's just breakaway after breakaway. I, I don't. He's not the type of goalie where he is flashing the glove and fly, you know thrown at the pad. Like he's always in the right position. He controls the rebounds for the most part. Uh, a lot of this has to do with coaching as well. Like before, he would kind of swat rebounds to, uh, to the boards. Scott Gordon's like would tell him like we have like three good centermen. We're gonna win our faceoffs. Cover the puck. And he's got better rebound control than any goalie we've had here in a while, and it's starting to show now. So I don't see why not. It's going to be up to the rest of the team to see if they can continue the winning. That's good points, Jack. Alex, what do you think? I definitely agree with that. And kind of if you take a look at his like game log, you can see that his saves, he, I feel like he gets a new career high every game, <laughs> which says a lot about him and a lot about the team in front of him. But if he is going to adapt to each game and he's going to kind of see what's in front of him and get comfortable and you use the word poise, that word. <laughs> um, I think poise is the best word to describe Carter Hart because he gets in there, he gets comfortable, and he sees what's being put in front of him and he adjusts. And that's one of the greatest things you can ask for. 
I mean, if he has a rocky start, he always kind of finds his feet, and that's the greatest thing about him. And isn't it, isn't it amazing that he's only 20 years old? Alex, how, how old are you, 21? I'm 21. Like, imagine a 20-year-old kid, a 21-year-old kid, playing in the NHL with, with grown men. Uh, he played with the Phantoms for, for uh, I don't know, what, a couple months? Uh, he was playing junior hockey last year, and now he, he's taken the NHL by storm. Can you imagine what that must be like for, for somebody his age playing with, with 30-year-old men, like grown men? Like, it, it, it amazes me every night I watch him that he can come in and he can stay calm and focused and, and your word, Alex, poised, um, and, and continue this play night, night in and night out. Like, nothing phases him. Um, we've mentioned on past shows how he, he's pretty much built for Philadelphia, uh, playing for Team Canada in the World Juniors. This kid knows pressure. Um, Philly's the perfect city for him. It's, it's a match made in heaven, really. Um, if, if you mentioned past games, um, if I could just run down the list real quick. He, against Minnesota, he made uh, 38 saves. Against Boston, he made 39. Montreal, 33. Winnipeg, 31. Stolarz played against New York, but the Flyers gave up 38 shots, all saves. Uh, Boston, Hart made 23 saves. Edmonton, 40. Vancouver, 42 saves. Um, so that's back-to-back 40-save efforts for Hart, which is outstanding, fantastic. Um, but Edmonton and Vancouver aren't that great. So what, what needs to happen in order for the Flyers to tighten it up a little bit? I mean, I, I know they're on an eight-game win streak, so I'm being picky here. But, what, I mean, what do you guys think? Jack, I'll go to you first. Are you asking basically just to uh, get on the winning streak, like keep the winning streak and just be a better team in the second half, a playoff team? Uh, what do you think they have to do to tighten up a little bit? Because they're giving up 30 shots, 35 shots a game, 40 shots a game. For for me, I don't think Carter Hart can, can – he's a 20-year-old kid. I mean, that that's tough for, for a grown man, for, you know, a veteran goalie to, to come in night in and night out and have to stop 40 shots. Well, okay. I I, no, I, I get spectrum a little bit from you guys here. Yeah, no, and I understand why you're worried about uh, injury and overplaying him. With I've heard a lot of that. Um, unfortunately, with guys like Andrew McDonald on your team, like you know, that's it's gonna. Ha- He's been playing better lately, but that's not gonna last. And you know, Provorov seems to be coming out of it. But when guys like Ghost are missing the net that tends to rattle around the boards and end up odd man rushes the other way. Their penalty kill has been better, but that's because your best penalty killer has to be your goalie and Carter Hart's just better. They're still going to give up their shots. They're aggressive, but they there's the players out there aren't, you could have a much better lineup being put out there every night. They're, the right now, the way their system works is you're, they're just going to give up their fair, sh- their fair share of shots. They're just not that talented. Uh, like right now, uh, LA's got 18 shots after one period, you know, know, it's just, it's just, it's their style of play. Uh, Their breakout isn't the best that leads to losses in the neutral zone, which puts the other team back on offense. And it's a lot of them, their defense is young and those who aren't young, aren't very good. You know, and ghost is having an off year with everybody else playing better under Carter Hart. I haven't seen ghost playing better. Uh, They take a lot of chances you know, it's 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 a combination of a lot of things. And one thing I do think is missing is that one, 
like where's our key where's our chemo team in it where's our stud defenseman the other defenseman can kind of look up to even if he's older because right now people think you know that's andrew mcdonald and that's a joke you know i mean yeah grudis is playing better but he's not all that old himself um i think that has something to do with it i think um there tend to be more of a run and gun team unless they're on the power play um they're a high high risk high reward type of team and that leads to these you know shootout games Look, when they play, whenever they play another team that's similar to them, like Tampa Bay, they're just immensely more talented. The scores are like seven to six, and that you know, and that's why. Um, I don't think that's going to change until the core of this team changes. And I'm not saying trade Drew, but you know, some some guys on defense like Ghost and an offense like Borchek. Until that changes, um, I think the shots are going to be high. A lot of guys like Simmons and JVR can't get back on defense, and that leads to odd man rushes and just better shot opportunities for the other team. Good points, Jack. Uh, Alex, question for you. Do you think uh, Brian Elliott coming back will benefit this team, or do you think they should just keep him down with the Phantoms, or should they try to trade him? What do you think's going on with Brian Elliott? So I talked about this on Twitter a little bit today. Um, I think it might have been Sam Carcitti who tweeted it, and everyone was going off. They were like, oh, my God, like, we have Carter Hart. We have Anthony Stolarz. What is going on? I think we have to bring Brian Elliott back in to audition him off for other teams. You know, the deadline is coming. He's coming in just under the wire. I mean, he's going to have to clear waivers to go to the Phantoms, and I would much, much rather – see us get something for him and I mean I think Elliot has proven to be a solid goaltender I'm not gonna say good but he stops shots he gets the job done he just doesn't do it reliably he he definitely is someone that can be a good goaltender but he's starting to show a little bit too much like Michael Neuberth he's getting injured you don't really see what's injuring him it's just you wake up the next morning and he's hurt yeah you wake up the next morning and it says one to two weeks and he doesn't come back for two months it's how do you have a goalie that way so that's a really good point yeah alex i'm sorry to cut you off but there's two things you said that i really agree with and it's um auditioning elliot which is perfect a team like toronto who's starting to they have really have no backup and their goaltender is um, he's been hurt and he's been their lifeblood. Like just auditioning a guy like Elliot to just spell him whenever he needs it would be perfect. And the other point you brought up is how Elliot is becoming the new Neuvert. That's uh-huh. I never even thought to say it that way, but that's kind of what's happening. Yeah. It's all this core muscle surgery kind of injuries. And it's, it's like, yeah, he plays the game, finishes the game next morning. He's out for a month. What happened? So I actually agree with everything you just said in that last point about Elliot becoming a new Neuberth. I actually thought that was pretty interesting because it's true. So we got one. You see this guy and he's playing well and you're like, wow, like Elliot is doing well. Like do the Flyers have like a decent goalie? And then you wake up and he's hurt. And you're like, when did that even happen? Who saw that? (laughs) His body's breaking down is what it is. So the Flyers have two Michael Neuberths now. Nice. Well, you can you can you can blame that on Hackstall for running him into the ground. He was already in his you know early to mid thirties, and you're playing him you know what twenty five straight games. That's what happens. Yeah, 
So, so for me, I, I absolutely agree with what Alex said. I think um, if they want to move him, he has to play a little bit. Uh, what worries me is uh, if, if they kind of just force him out there just to get him playing and hope that he's not going to get hurt again. Um, I still think um, if he's going to come back, he should be 100% healthy. Um, he'll hope, most likely walk in, in, in um, free agency, which is okay. Um, I would like to see the Flyers go with Hart and, and Stoll and Stolarz. Um, but I, I'm not going to panic also if, if Brian Elliott comes back and gets a start or two here and there, you know. Um, I think the Flyers are actually in a, in a, in a really cool position to where they can uh, make the playoffs and kind of experiment with the roster, make little tweaks here and there. Um, and, and having three goalies, one being Carter Hart, who's only 20 years old, uh, the other being Anthony Stolarz, who, who's still uh, trying to prove himself. He, he's had a run of bad luck in the past with injuries. And then, and then trying to get something for a guy like Brian Elliott by, by letting him play in a couple games, I, I don't think that's going to hurt anything. I, I certainly don't think he will lose them a game by, by playing, you know. I agree with that. I think that Elliott just needs to come in for a game or two. I talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, I said that we have a few games coming up that we could really give Carter Hart that rest that he has sure as hell earned. I think that when we play um, the Red Wings, we can run with Elliot and Stoley, leave Carter Hart in the press box for one game, let him relax, watch the game, kind of get himself ready because then we're going to throw him in against Tampa and then we're going to throw him in against Pittsburgh again, probably in the stadium series. I mean, he's going to have some heavy hitters coming up. I wouldn't be it. I wouldn't be opposed to letting Elliot and Stoley run for two to three games. Really good points. What do you think, Jack? I kind of agree. I, I don't think they would put Carter Hart in the uh, press box, but just, you know, playing the w- waiver game, you know, send Stolars down, let Elliot play, bring Stolars up. I mean, I would play Carter Hart how they are. Maybe with Elliot a little bit more games, nothing too crazy. Uh, if there's any back to back coming up, uh, definitely the, um, you know, as uh, Alex was saying, some of the uh, the games like against Detroit or, you know, they, I wish he, I don't know when he's supposed to come back, but like Saturday against Anaheim would make sense. I wouldn't be playing him against Pittsburgh or Minnesota, but th- these are some games that are coming up. But yes, yeah, some of the uh, bottom dwelling teams, I would definitely have uh, Elliot out there. I think the team has enough confidence where with Elliot out there, they won't like revert back to how they were. And as Alex said before, Elliot is a solid goaltender. As long as he can stay healthy, he'll give them a chance to win. As long as he doesn't get scored on early. Agreed. And, and the Flyers have had some trouble still, even on this eight game winning streak with slow starts early. Uh, I think contributing like you, like you mentioned earlier, Jack, they've already given up 18 shots in the first period. That's happened a couple times. I think they're in the win streak. They've been lucky enough. They've, they've played tough enough in the second and third to come back and be able to win a couple of those. Um, let's, let's actually go through a couple of the games here. So, so start this win streak. They, they beat Minnesota seven, four, they beat Boston four, three. Uh, I think they ended the first half of the schedule with a five, two win against Montreal, which they looked pretty, pretty good in. Um, they started out the second half with a three, one win against Winnipeg. And I think both teams kind of came out flat in that one. So I'll, I'll let them slide there. Uh, they had a back to back. They played New York the next night where they, they came away with a one, nothing win. Um, and a shutout. And a shutout. Yeah. Anthony Stolarz, you're right. 
Um, so they, they had a, they played okay. I mean, to, to come out and start the second half and beat a team like Winnipeg, uh, who's, who's a cup contending team, and they, they looked very good after that first. Um, Carter Hart kept them in that game. And then to come out and play a team like New York the next night, a division rival, and come away with two points on the road, uh, I think shows a lot about this team. Um, they came out, and then they played Boston 3-2. Uh, they played them well. And I don't mean to keep pointing out negatives here because I'm getting to Edmonton and Vancouver, and this is where I think the slow starts are kind of rearing their ugly head again. Um, they had to come back and beat Edmonton. I think Edmonton kind of was thoroughly dominating them through through the first 20 minutes. Is that right? I would agree with that. I think that Edmonton, I don't think the Flyers do well when they adjust to different teams. And I think that so quickly they had to change from Edmonton um, or to Edmonton, who's a much, much quicker team. That's a very and good point. I don't think they really kind of got it in their heads that they were facing this really fast team that they were going to have to keep up with. Cause I'm not too sold on the flyers being much of a quick team. I mean, we have Travis connect me. We have yeah, who else? I mean, <laughs> I don't think we really have anyone that skates by and you're like, Whoa, no, that's very true. Good point, Alex. Yeah, I have to agree. I asked our, our, our last guest on our uh, last show, if he was worried about JVR simply because we signed him for five years at seven mil, and he's not exactly the fastest guy. And that's the way the league is going. And the only other fast guy I can think of would be maybe Shane Goss bear. And he's not playing well right now. So that's a good point. But to get back to uh, Edmonton, the only reason the flyers won that game is because their defense is so poor. Uh, even um, their uh, Cam Talbot was playing pretty well and they were able to, to get back into that game because their defense is just bad. And, yeah, I don't like when they get off those slow starts because this whole comeback, comeback kid mantra doesn't fit them very well. That's how they were earlier in the season. They just weren't coming back. So uh, who they play after Edmonton? I can't remember. They had a 2-1 win against Vancouver at home. That was a solid win. Um, yeah, I mean, I, they haven't – yeah, it seems like they reverted back a little bit. We'll see what happens with L.A. here. L.A., who is – worse than the Flyers, you would think. So I'm curious to see how this will play out. But even, you know, Stolarz's, is uh, – his shutout was great. But remember, it was also a one nothing shutout. It wasn't like a 5 nothing shutout. Like, th- I think that speaks volumes where the team is really pressed. They haven't – like, the Rangers didn't pull back. Like, this one, we lost this one. Like, they were full – they didn't play their best game, but they were still full systems go because one lucky bounce and they're it's a tie game. And he shut the door for the entire for the whole game, and that was truly an impressive win. And it's a division rival. Um, and then on top of that, Carter Hart can he can be poised and have his angles, but he also makes spectacular saves. And I believe it was against Vancouver where he went pipe to pipe and stopped. I don't remember who it was he stopped, but that was like a highlight reel save. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I save. that I think gives the whole team confidence. That's why they can take chances and know it's not going to immediately end up in the back of their own net. And I think that's part of the reason why Carter Hart should get more, uh, more press towards uh, Calder nomination simply because he revitalized his team. And that just goes, that just goes to that. And I think he can keep it up. I really do. I just, I'm worried about him getting, getting hurt. And I think what the flyers need to do going forward is to, 
I want to see more Stolars, but for now, they should showcase Elliot, as Alex was saying. And then if you can move him, then go back to Stolars and just go from there, you know, and see see what happens. Um, I'm not completely sold on them being a playoff team yet. I'm not sure if you're ready to get into that yet. Uh, actually, yeah, we can. Well, I mean, real quick, upcoming games. Obviously, they play uh, L.A. tonight, down one nothing after one. They have a uh, Santa. Uh, they I mean, we already know LA is one of the worst teams in the league right now. So I, you'd hope they beat them. Uh, they got Anaheim on Saturday. They're a pretty bad team. They're twenty-one, twenty-four, and nine. Definitely falling off a cliff. Their old guys are getting older. Um, never. They really don't play Anaheim well. I think they got a, a win against them this year. But if you looked over the last ten years, they probably have. I don't even think they've won one fourth of the games against them. They just don't play that team well. But their real test is on Monday. They play Pittsburgh. And this is like a warm-up for their uh, stadium series. I'd like to see Carter Hart against Pittsburgh, see how that goes. Not to mention, uh, they are only eight points back of Pittsburgh for that final division spot and seven points back for the wild-card spot against Columbus. A lot of the teams ahead of us have games in hand, which um, we're on an eight-game winning streak, which means some losses are probably coming. You hope they keep it alive. If any of these teams above us go on a four- or five-game winning streak, suddenly the playoffs could look pretty bleak. That's what's going to be really tough about this. So I'll, uh, I'll give the question back. Alex, do you think the, uh, the Flyers are a playoff team, or do you think this is an anomaly? Um, so over at the Daily Puck, Brooke and I kind of pride ourselves on being optimists. So I'm going to say that the Flyers will be making the playoffs this season. Call it a hot take. I just – Something feels different. Maybe it's the Carter Hart effect, but I got to say that I honestly do feel that they're making that push. I don't know how big of a push. Don't think I'm insane, but I do think that they are going to go into the postseason. That's what I'm talking about, man. They're, I think they're going to win out, Jack. They're not going to lose well, another Jimmy game. doesn't think they're going to lose another game <laughs> all the way to uh, <laughs> game four of the Stanley Cup. Um, and I love that optimism for somebody named Angry Jim. That's some great optimism. <laughs> you uh, know, it, it started out as a joke because I was so fed up with the, the regular season. But uh, I mentioned on uh, I think it was a brotherly pod. I said they were going to win out. I, somebody asked me how they're going to do in the next 10, 20 games. And I said, you know what? They're going to win every single one. And that was and now you're what you're eight and eight. Yeah. Eight for eight. <laughs> Twelve more. Yeah, they're on an eight game winning streak. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing is they really would statistically have to come close to winning the next 12 games to really put themselves in like a safer position. Uh, I love the optimism. I try to be optimistic. Unfortunately, I've liked this team for way too long, and I can't. I just can't. <laughs> and I'm glad Hacksaw is gone. That gives me room for optimism. But as much as I want to see playoff hockey, and I think it's it's not it's – not, impossible like where i thought it was impossible before i think it's going to be very hard very hard like a lot of these teams could go on a a run columbus could easily win you know five out of six pittsburgh could win you know five out of six and that that'll make it that much harder not to mention some of the other teams like carolina is playing pretty well buffalo they could go either way montreal is looking to add like these are all teams who are all I think Montreal's in, but the other two teams are on the outside looking in, and they're above us. So it's like not even chasing who's there. We have people – we have other teams who are right there with us, 
and they have more points and they have more games in hand, and that's what's going to come down to. Absolutely, and, and you know, can I just say, you know, what's been the most uh, enjoyable thing for me about the Flyers' kind of resurgence here is not only Carter Hart. Well, actually, I think most of it stems from Carter Hart, but they're fun to watch again. Uh, what do you think, Alex? They're absolutely fun to watch. I mean, I have season tickets, so I usually try to get to every game. Uh, I couldn't make it tonight, but I try to go all over the place. And kind of feeling the way the energy has shifted since bringing Carter Hart up in the Wells Fargo Center, it's so much more alive in there. And every night they're announcing the starters, and they're like, number 79, Carter Hart. Mm -hmm. The place lights up. And there's nothing more exciting than just good hockey. And when they're playing well and they're on these winning streaks, I mean, you there's nothing better than it. I couldn't agree more. I mean, we, we've all, I mean, the three of us, Jack and I are 31, Alex is 21. We've, you know, two, two men and one girl. We all love the same thing. We all love the Flyers. We've, we've all grown up watching this team. We all want them to win. We, we all have the same passion. And, and I think that's a, a great thing. Um, so when they're winning, I mean, we all want them to win. I, I think on Twitter, you see a lot of guys saying, Oh my God, what are they doing winning? Like they're supposed to tank. Like they stink. They're not going to make the playoffs. What are they doing? Like, I, I understand all that. Um, but as, as a fan, a true diehard fan, like I, I live and die with this team. <laughs> this is going to sound a little nuts, but if, if I'm watching a Saturday game and, and they lose, it, it completely changes my day. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it really does. Um, whereas compared, if if they win, I, you know, I'm ready to go out. I'm ready to do something. You know, the Flyers won. You know, let's go, let's go party, have a couple of drinks, whatever. Um, I want this team to make the playoffs. I understand the tank aspect, whatever. You know, they have a better shot at getting a, a rookie or you know a Jack Hughes. But I want this team to win. I want to watch fun, entertaining hockey, and I I want to see wins. So I couldn't be more happier um, with the way they're playing. Even though you know. I love what Carter Hart's doing, and by, we've just about talked about him for almost a half an hour. Um, so let me ask you, uh, Alex, who during this win streak, who's kind of stood out to you as as uh, a couple guys that have helped turn this team around? Who whose play have you seen improve throughout this win streak? Um, I mean, you kind of have to tip your hat to Nolan Patrick. He. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I have a love-hate with him because I feel like he has so much potential, but he's gone for the whole first half of the season. And to see him really light up and show us an excellent two-way game, it's like you love it so much that you want to accept the first 40 games. Uh, you love this half so much that you want to just keep him forever and ever and ever. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I never want to lose Nolan Patrick. Um, but to see him light up during this win streak has really been incredible for this team. I think he inspires the other guys because he's younger than them. And I think together him and Carter Hart just being young and being confident, looking a lot better. I think it's, I think that's really what kind of turned this thing around. Absolutely. He's looked great. Jack, who, who do you like during this win streak? Who's kind of stood out for you? Well, let me just say first, Jimmy, I think you've started a new movement where it was lose for Hughes. Maybe now it's win for Quinn, as in Quenville. Um, but yeah, no, besides Carter Hart, um, I want to give kudos to Provorov's games turned around. I think Giroux, who doesn't get mentioned enough, goes home at night 
and you know looks in the mirror and says i didn't have three points and we won like <laughs> I, it's strange you know but um the other you're gonna mark this down i think jake voracek's played a lot better lately i think he's got like 15 points in 12 games or something something like that like his game is turned, and I think it all stems from Carter Hart. Uh, Limblom has chipped in when necessary, uh, and I definitely agree with Nolan Patrick. Pretty much, we just named the second line. Like the second line has come back to playing the way they did very early in the season. On top of Drew doing what he does, on top of Provorov playing better, and that with the steady goaltending has pretty much led to everything we're seeing about this. Uh, when that, then I guess the power play is finally starting to come around again. A better penalty kill, and yeah, here we are eight wins in a row. Hey, speaking of the power play, six out of the last seven, I don't know what they're doing tonight, but certainly has come alive. Um, Second unit as well, which has been non-existent. For sure, for sure. A couple podcasts ago, I had to um, make a last-minute decision. I had a, a guest cancel. I kind of did my own show, and I, I picked three flyers that I think had to change their game or upgrade their play during the second half if the flyers were going to do anything. And you're not going to believe who I said. First, it was Nolan Patrick. Second was Ivan Provorov. And the third was Jake Voracek. So you guys were amazing. I don't know if you listened to that or if, if, if it was just a coincidence, but that was awesome. Um, I never miss an Angry Jen uh, podcast episode <laughs> on Sunday mornings. Yeah, that's really funny. So the, <laughs> the three guys I mentioned, you guys said, so that's pretty cool. Um, one, one guy that I have here is Sean Couturier. And oh, yeah. I, I think it's funny that uh, you know, we, we often forget about Coots because he plays uh, such a smooth game where he doesn't really stand out when he plays because he plays the, the two-way game. Um, since January 8th, I think it was a 5-3 loss against the Capitals, uh, which is a span of 11 games. Uh, Coots has six goals, three being on the power play, nine assists, three being on the power – I'm sorry, yeah, three being on the power play. So he's got six power play points during that span. Um, he's He's already has – Two, I'm sorry, he's got back-to-back 20-goal seasons. He's on pace as of now for back-to-back 30-goal seasons. Um, for me, he's he's absolutely picked his game up. I think he had a slow start in the beginning of the year. Uh, I'll give him a pass as well uh, because he, I think he was injured. He re-injured his leg in, in some kind of a game during the offseason. Um, but I think we often overlook Coots because of the, the style of game he plays in. All three of the guys that you guys mentioned, Couturier, now you add in Carter Hart, add in that Claude Giroux is just a stud every single night. And it's it, it really is not a surprise that they're on an eight-game win streak. And you know, it's, it's funny you say that. I'm really upset. As soon as you said Coots, I was like, how did I not think of Coots? The one game I recently went to was the, the first Boston game where he had a natural hat trick. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I, how did I not say Coots? So, yeah, he's definitely part of the equation as well. Yep. So that that leads me to our, our next topic and probably our most fun, guys. So the Flyers, are they're on the eight-game win streak. They're kind of caught in the middle now. Like, they should they make the run? Should they buy? Or, you know, should they just stay where they're at and start selling people off? Um, I mean, I think that they could actually do both, but so we'll do a little buyer seller segment here and we'll start with Jack. Jack, do you think the flyers should be buyers or sellers? Um, I'm going to look at my half empty glass and say, sell. Um, I, I just, I think I don't, even if they do make the playoffs, I don't think they're going to do anything. I think they would get bounced in that. Cause you're looking at playing Tampa. 
you're going to get bounced. I truly believe that. I don't. I. It's just great. This is great for the development of guys like Carter Hart and Nolan Patrick and any anybody who's young, you know. But ultimately, I, I think we're going to have a different co- coach going into next year. And I think you need to trade Simmons for what you, whatever what you can. I wouldn't give him away, but I think you should explore the market for, definitely for Simmons. I think you can get a, a third or something for Raffle. And on top of that, if you showcase Elliott and even consider Gudis, I don't think it's a good idea to trade to buy anybody. Um, why give up the prospect when you can sign the guy in free agency? You have the money, you have the cap space, you, you're run by Comcast. Um, so for me, and I'm a pessimist, I would sell. I do think that's the right direction the franchise would go. I, uh, and real quick, uh, to finish up my point, the, apparently the Flyers are pushing for them to re-sign Simmons, and that's cute, but this core has not done anything. They've never made it past the first round. I don't – It's I, great, you like your friend, but I we need change. And Simmons isn't the first guy I'd like to move from the core, but we need more more turnover here, and I think they should move on. Good points, Jack. Alex, what do you think? Um, so I guess kind of tagging along that, I'm going to agree and say that we're sellers. Um, I'm not sure who I'm really interested in bringing in at this point, but you have to get rid of – you kind of have to, like, trim the dead weight a little bit. I don't want to call Simmons dead weight because he's still kind of holding his own, but he – is falling off, and I don't think we're going to ever give him the money that he wants. And uh, I just think that we might as well get rid of him while we can get something good in return. I agree with the whole concept of why are we going to trade a prospect for someone that we can get in the free agency. I saw someone today say they were going to trade uh, Morgan Frost for Panarin, and I was like, isn't he going to be a free agent in July? Like, Morgan Frost has such a big upside. Now, Alex, I was going to bring that up. I saw the poll you put on your Twitter. Uh, would you give up Frost for Mark Stone or Nanny Panarin? So you're saying you wouldn't. I would not. I'm not interested in losing Morgan Frost by any means. I think once he finds his feet in the NHL, he is going to be stellar. I don't know if he'll be better than them. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to compare him to anyone else, but I am going to say he's going to be good and he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Well, let me ask you this, because I agree with that. But what if I told you you could trade Morgan Frost and either Stone or Panarin would re-sign? Would you do it then if the re-signing was guaranteed? Like a definite extension? 100%, yeah. I think if it really came down to it, yes, I would do it. But I would also kind of kind of wiggle my way around and try to throw up any other prospect <laughs> that's not Morgan Frost. I mean, I hate to say it, but I'd rather give up Radcliffe over Morgan Frost. Wow. I think the league is really going into a smaller but faster kind of body, and I don't think Radcliffe has that. <laughs> That's funny. I was going to say that. So not Frost, but you give up Radcliffe. I um, I actually agree. I actually don't think I would make that trade, even with the extension. Um, there's going to be two. It's not like just one of these guys is going to be the only ones out there. Like you, you could be talking about having Stone, Panera, Duchesne, Carlson, and maybe more. So like just put all your eggs in one basket, pick a guy, 
and go for them and why lose any prospects and they're gonna they're gonna want pretty close to what they're gonna get on the open market anyway so yeah i would i agree i wouldn't i wouldn't trade frost and i take my chances in free agency again you're a, a large market and you're owned by comcast so you can print money so why why not yeah so that leaves me so i think the flyers the are 20... trade the farm <laughs> the flyers are 24 23 and 6 they're riding an eight-game winning streak. They're nine and one in their last ten. They have a rookie phenom in goal. They have a stud like Claude Giroux who gives his he gives a hundred percent every night. Um, they have a good core. They have a young core. Um, let's get them some experience. Let's bring in some guys who can maybe groom a guy like Nolan Patrick. I'm just going to throw a random name out there, like uh, I don't know. Maybe a team that Chuck Fletcher used to have ties to in Minnesota Uh-oh. who maybe have a center like Eric Stahl just hanging around for the, on the cheap. Uh, I know they just lost a guy like Miko Koivu, but they're going to have to make some decisions. I think they're sitting in the last wild card spot in the Western Conference as of now. Uh, I think they could be sellers pretty soon because I think they have a couple injuries on the back end. I'm not sure if they have enough to make a push. Um, a guy like Eric Stahl would appeal to me. I'm not sure if the Flyers would make a move. Who knows? Um, but I, I would like to see if they could bring in a guy like that. Um, the Flyers are, are they're loaded on defense, and, and, and that might be an overstatement. I, I'm not, I don't know. I don't really care. But they have guys like Ivan Provorov, a stud. They have Travis Sanheim, a stud. Radko Gudis has arguably been their most consistent and best defenseman all year long. Uh, Shane Gossespierre, who... Somebody like me, I'm I'm not honestly too crazy about. It's more of a personal thing between me and Ghost. <laughs> um, he can be very, very good, uh, but I feel when things go south, he kind of follows that that kind of uh, follows the train down. Um, Robert Hag, I think, is uh, kind of a dime a dozen defenseman. I know he's up there in shots and blocks, but uh, you don't really hear his name called too much. I think during the course of a game, he kind of you know, gets lost in the shuffle. And that's not to say he's bad, but, he, you know, he just doesn't really – he doesn't do anything for me. He, he can play can, he can play a top-six role, but I don't think he's a top-four guy. Uh, Andy McDonald, whatever. We have, yep. <laughs> we you have brought guy, your whole average down right there. Yeah. I mean, we got Phil Myers waiting in the wings. We have a guy like Sam Morin coming back uh, from injury. The Flyers have a lot of defensive depth, with which is, uh, I think, crucial to – a uh, playoff run and, and possibly playoff success. Um, I read a report earlier today in the athletic by uh, the articles written by Pierre Lebrun that the flyers will uh, absolutely, and this could be just the flyers putting this stuff out. I don't know. Um, they'll absolutely not resign Wayne Simmons. That just came out today. A couple hours ago, uh, a guy, the flames are, I'm sorry, who is it now? Not the flames. The hurricanes are talking about keeping a guy like Michael Furlan as their own kind of rental player. Um, so I think that may up Wayne Simmons trade value a little bit more. And I know that I said, I'm a buyer guys hang with me for a second. So Brian Boyle just went to the predators for a second round pick, right? Um, let me just remind you guys that Boston ponied up a 2018 first round pick, Ryan Spooner, Matt Bolesky, a prospect and a 2019 fourth round pick for a guy like Rick Nash last year, a guy who's not in the league anymore because of concussions, but he's kind of, 
Uh, I think he's a little bit older than Simmons. Played a physical style game, maybe not as physical as Simmons, obviously. Simmons is four years younger. I think he can bring in something close to that. If you were to ask me this question a couple months ago, right, Jack, I would have told you you're nuts. But after looking at a, a couple trades from, from past years, I think they're going to get a, a lot for Wayne Simmons. Maybe, maybe a package that can help them now and something that can help them in the future. I think no matter what they get, they're definitely going to get a first-round pick. But I think that they could get a roster player uh, after looking at a couple of these trades. So it's well known that Chuck Fletcher is looking for a goalie, a top 4D, uh, and a top 9 center. I'm not sure if they can get all of that, obviously, for Simmons in return. But I think that they could possibly fill one of those needs. Um, maybe uh, Eric Stahl in a first, something like that for Simmons. I don't know. Um, there's certainly a, a bunch of teams interested in, in Simmons. Um, the general consensus, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that he'll bring back at least a first-round pick and a prospect. Uh, Alex, are you okay with Wayne Simmons' package uh, – like that or or did you have some do you have something more specific in mind that you'd like for Wayne Simmons? Um, I don't think I have anything specific. I think I would be content with a first and a prospect. My biggest thing with Wayne Simmons is I feel like everyone else is like he's got a young but we all have that emotional like attachment to him. Yeah. And he's you want him to go, but you don't want him to go. And that's the internal battle I have every time we talk about a Simmons trade. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want it to compare it to anything crazy. Like the writing's on the wall. We love Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons loves the Flyers, but he has an opportunity to leave and to make more money somewhere else. I hope he, I hope he gets paid. I hope he makes that money. He, he's not going to make it here, obviously. Um, Absolutely. Jack, do you have anything specific in mind that uh, you'd want for Wayne Simmons? Originally, I really wanted Casper uh, Kapanen from Toronto. <laughs> I think Toronto is out of the running. Uh, they called him untouchable, and they traded the first for Jake Muzzin. I think the odds of him going to Nashville have dwindled after they acquired Boyle and McLeod. I think a team like Tampa could be involved. Uh, I had heard San Jose, but they really don't have a first. It's kind of tied tied up in the Carlson uh, deal. Yeah. If he signs with an Eastern Conference team, there goes their first-round pick. So you're not going to trade him in your own division. So now we're, you know, Boston is one of the only teams I think could really want them because they have that uh, – they've always liked them. They have that mentality, older, you know, old-school, uh, tough-guy mentality. Um, I, I, you hope, I'm hoping at this point to at least get a first. I think the prospect would be more B-level. Uh, and like I said, if if you just traded him for a prospect, I'd look to trade him to Tampa, maybe for, I think his name's Cal Foote. It should be a, a defenseman, a def- good defensive prospect. Um, somebody like that. I, I really think the market is starting with these cheap moves being made and teams going other directions. And Sim is not exactly lighting the world on fire. It's going to, it's going to be interesting to say the least. I don't think any player for player deals are going to go down. If they do, I hope the guys younger, whoever we bring back in, but as you said, like Simmons has been criminally underpaid on this team and we're now it's time to overpay him. And you see the decline, like just at this point, move him for something like even, I don't care how good the team is playing, move him for something. And, you know, I've even heard the possibility of him resigning in the summer. I don't see how that's possible. 
I want at least a first. I'd like a first and a good, a decent prospect, somebody who has a legitimate chance of making the NHL. I have this feeling that we're going to read the Simmons trade and it's going to say like a, a late second and two prospects or two players. One's an NHL player. The other one's a prospect who's not, a, not even an A-level. You're kind of going to be disappointed. That's how I feel right now based on how teams are making their moves and who's interested in his play. So I'm, I'm not as optimistic as I was, but then again, we'll see. It, it, the longer this goes on, the closer it gets to the trade deadline, the more likely I think we'll get more for him if teams aren't making moves left and right. So we'll see. Totally agree. And nice name drop, by the way, in Cal Foot, who – just happens to be a former teammate of Angry Jim interviewee Carson Torensky with the Kelowna Rockets. So cool name drop there, Jack. I did not know that. <laughs> you learn something every day. See? <laughs> um, so I have here, just to wrap up the uh, buyer-seller segment here, teams interested in Wayne Simmons are the Winnipeg Jets, Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, among a few more. Um, they've been mentioned. Colorado's still out there looking for depth. Uh, I mean, they're, they're pretty much a one-line team. It's pretty sad because that line is so good, too. Um, any team in or around the playoffs, I think, would love a Wayne Simmons. Uh, I don't believe the Flyers will tra- – I mean, I hope. I, I really, in my heart, hope that they don't trade them to an Eastern, Eastern Conference team. Um, maybe that's me talking with my heart. I don't know because I don't want to play Wayne Simmons in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, it, like how much would that suck if, if you ended up playing Tampa Bay and he's beating you with Tampa Bay? You know what I mean? Um, so I would rather see him with us and let him walk or, or send him to the Western conference somewhere, man, definitely get something back and send him to the Western conference. Um, so if, if you guys want to move on, we could talk about the upcoming schedule. So they're, they're playing Los Angeles tonight. Uh, Los Angeles comes in winning three of their last four with wins over St. Louis, New York, Rangers and the New Jersey Devils. They lost to the New York Islanders, who are currently first in the Metro. Uh, they have Anaheim, I believe, what is it, Saturday, Alex? Is that correct? Yes, they have Anaheim on Saturday and then Pittsburgh on Monday. Okay. How do you see those two games playing out? I'm sorry, three. If you want to count tonight, we can count tonight. I'm not going to count tonight because I don't like the way this game looks. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I'm going to say that we should be Anaheim and lose to Pittsburgh. So we're going to lose to Anaheim and beat Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like me. Go with the opposite. You can't be wrong, right? I'd be okay with that. <laughs> oh, it seems to be the way that it works. Um, we always beat the teams that we shouldn't beat, and we lose to the ones that leave fans saying, where the hell were you the whole game? So Sounds familiar, Jack, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so after after Anaheim and Pitt, uh, they have Minnesota, uh, Detroit on the back to back, and Tampa Bay. Uh, so that's a span. I'm I'm going to include tonight one, two, three, four, five, six, six or seven games there, Jack. What do you see happening? Oof, um, I don't want to call an end to the win streak, but I can't see them winning all six games. I know that breaks your heart, Jimmy, but um, it does I'm seeing a like a. Two, two, and one, or a maybe, maybe a uh, what's that? Five. So no, I'm sorry. Three, two, and one. I think they come out with more points. Um, it's still a winning record, but I think you start this. The win streak comes to an end. I still think they play well, though. 
Um, I think you see Carter Hart on Saturday, Carter Hart on Monday, and then I think you see either Elliot. Or, I'm not sure what Elliot's going to be back, but Elliot or Solar's on Tuesday against Minnesota because that's a back-to-back. So those are some. Now they're starting to play some tougher teams after Anaheim, and we're really going to see what they're made of. And I'm re- I'm really curious about the Monday game. I really want to see how Hart plays against Pittsburgh. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It seems like their plays dipped a little bit. Uh, you know. I don't like that they play down to team how bad some teams are like LA right now. They're lucky to be one, one they're being massively outshot. So we'll see. Uh, I try to see how that's about as optimistic as I'm going to get is a three, two and one. <laughs> okay. So you guys are saying this thing's going to end pretty soon. Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, I, I think it's been going on pretty long as it is. I, I don't I, think that's I don't, mean or anything. I mean, every, every year, and probably like you guys too, but I expect them to go 82 and 0. So uh, this this win streak here, they're at eight. I'm looking at the schedule. I see Los Angeles. Uh, Los Angeles stinks. That's a W. Better be a W. I'm looking at Anaheim. Two wins in their last 19 games. That's a W. I see Pitt on Monday. Okay, guys, we're on a 10 game, uh, 10, 11 game. By then, it's going to be a 10 game win streak. Are you going to lose it to Pitt? Nah, that's 11. You got Minnesota. Uh, you're going to take, you're going to win, and then you're going to take Eric Stahl with you. Then you got back-to-backs with Detroit. Get out of here. They're going to sweep the floor with them. That's 14 straight. Then we got Tampa. Eh, then we can start thinking about losing. But 14-game winning streak. Flyers are going to be just out of the playoffs by a point by this point, and they're going to make the push. They're going to go undefeated the rest of the year, make the playoffs, and win the Stanley Cup. That's sometimes I-, I don't know where angry, where angry Jim comes from. <laughs> Maybe it should just be mad because that has multiple meanings. It's, it's all passion, man. The anger is not necessarily a negative thing. It, it's, a, it's a positive thing. It's only because I have such high expectations, and I always have hope. Uh, I love watching, like you guys as well, we love watching the Flyers. Uh, I'm a passionate guy. I'm Italian. Uh, I, I got fire in my blood, passion in my blood. So angry is not necessarily a, a bad thing, you know. Um, so you guys are telling me you think it's going to end. Uh, Alex, you think it may end tonight? I don't like the way this game is going. Um, it hurts me to say, but defense has been brutal tonight. I, I don't know. <laughs> Let's just go with I don't know. Cause can, you hear, can you hear the disdain in my voice? Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, stop there. Uh, Jack, do you think it's going to end on Saturday? Uh, listen, you said that the Anaheim Ducks won how many of their last games? Two out of what? 19. Okay. Well, the Flyers are historically a team when the uh, Coyotes are 0-10. Guess who they get their first win against? Yeah. The Flyers. Like They're just that team. Um, it's got to – and not to mention, right around 10 wins when the Flyers turn it around and start going on a losing streak. So, I can't see it lasting much longer. And that, that Saturday matinee game, they don't really play good matinee games either. That's where I could see things, uh, you know, the train falling off the track. Guys, this is the Carter Hart era. This is angry Jim being the most positive one here. This is a new Flyers era. You're, 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 you're hungry, Jim. I understand. Hungry we, Jim, yeah. It's because we uh, – I think you're trying to tell me something over there, Jack. <laughs> we had a rough start to this season. I was like, oh, yeah, Flyers are winning the rest of the season, but – 
Watching this game, my stomach has dropped. I can't. This is not the team we've been watching the last eight. Oh, my God. You're making me not want to get off here. We could just stay on here all night. So, even though the Flyers' win streak may never end, unfortunately, we do. We're coming up on just about an hour. Um, that about wraps up this episode of Flyers High and Wide. A huge, huge thank you to Alex McIntyre for coming on. Uh, Alex, do you have any plugs you'd like to get out there before we wrap up? Um, I just want to give a like a big shout out to the Daily Puck. I love my girl at Brook on Broad. We do this whole thing where female run and we are just in love with hockey. And if you're also in love with hockey and you love positive people, we are the people to follow. Not even trying to toot my own horn, but we totally are. Alex, this is your chance to toot it, so toot away. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Jack, what's popping in Yackleland? What do you got coming up, dude? Well, uh, on the 22nd of February, that's when I'll be on Brotherly Pod with Negative Dan. I called him angry last week because, I guess because of you, Jimmy. But it's definitely <laughs> Negative Dan. Uh, yes, it's now Friday, the February 22nd, Brotherly Pod with Jack underscore FHW. Yes, we have plenty to talk about. Hopefully the winning streak will still be going. I seriously doubt it. But, yeah, that's all I got coming up. All right, awesome. So thanks once again, guys, for hanging out with us. Uh, This is FHW Radio signing off. Alex, thanks once again. Jack, we'll talk soon. Be sure to tune in to Angry Jim on Sunday. i got a special guest for you guys, and we'll all talk soon. So FHW Radio signing off. Have a good night, everyone. (laughs) 